Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Yeah! 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 Hello, yes, welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. This is the preview show. My name's Charles. Hello, thank you very much for pressing play. And I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Mr. Danny Brothers. How are you doing, Danny? You okay? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing, mate? Right. Yeah, I'm all right. A bit busy this week, putting on a conference, doing lots uh, yeah. of stuff, and yeah, it's it's one of those, isn't just it? One of throw those. that in there off the cuff. Oh, just just hope yeah, it's right. Yeah, if you, yeah, you want to do like a, a come to a podcasters conference, well, today as it comes out at two o'clock, then then please do pods up, level up, go find it. There you go. I've put the uh, put the ad in for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it should be a really really good time. But yeah, um, it's taken my mind off the football. Is basically what it's done. Maybe <laughs> yeah, anything, anything that can do that is a good thing. Yeah. But uh, this is probably not going to help in that case. But we'll try our best. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely try. Uh, did you watch the uh, the Papa John's Trophy game uh, against Stevenage? Uh, I didn't. No, I've, I've got to pick and choose what I spend my ten pounds on, and that wasn't a priority. <laughs> um, and it turns out that was probably a good, a wise choice. I know some of our patrons we were talking to on the Slack channel last night were investing in the game and they were describing it as it happened um and there wasn't a lot going on <laughs> it's still a bit concerning in that, that um, we actually put a, quite a strong side out um 
and still couldn't score a goal against uh, quite a poor League Two yeah. side. Um, so yeah, 23rd in League Two, aren't they? Slevenage, it's not good, is it? It's, if you can't go and no. beat, and they put their reserves out. Yeah, yeah, it's not good, is it? <laughs> Oh dear! I'm, you know what? We're not. It's not going to be negative. We're not going to reach down into those doldrums. Not today. A clean sheet, though. Come on. Exactly. And and a first start for Ricky Holmes since his return. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's it. Uh, that's about it, isn't it? Fundamentals. Yeah, right. Did you see? Um, the, so obviously NTFC uh, at NTFC on Twitter obviously do. You know, as the game's going on, little tweets that to tell you what's happening. If that's how you're viewing the game, is through Twitter. I I loved the fact that I think it was James Hennigan retweeted one, which was during the penalty shootout, which simply said, um, "Was it was it horseful? No mistake." And Hennigan <laughs> went, that, "That makes a change." <laughs> oh, no, no, from what I was reading on the twitters and stuff, there were a couple of. Uh, Key and Bulger classics went as well during the night. Um, oh. uh, I've seen, I mean, I've seen some of the highlights, and one of the highlights was us giving away a free kick. I think <laughs> was it really? I think so. Yeah. Great highlights. Uh, I love it. Yeah, but, um, enjoyed the celebration from Caleb though at the end. Uh, probably a little bit more exuberant than is needed for that sort of thing. But at that <laughs> point, I was listening to it on the radio, and, and Tim Oglethorpe literally said, "Didn't he? What's he doing?" Yeah. <laughs> just goes and c- celebrates in front of an empty stand by lying down and giving a peace sign i love it. it absolutely brilliant good on you caleb you enjoy being a professional footballer you're living the dream that is exactly what it should be all about it's fantastic but keith curl won't like it will he danny he'll be taking those bose headphones off you straight away in the morning he's not gonna like that at all is he no. we won't see him again now <laughs> That'll be it. Yeah. It's done. Online to Brackley by tomorrow. <laughs> oh, don't I don't think Brackley uh, um, need him this season. He's, they're doing quite well, I think, from by all accounts. Um, but anyway, we're not here to talk about Brackley. We're not, we're not even here, really, to talk about uh, us not really being able to beat Stevenage. Not inside 90 minutes, anyway. Um, and do penalties really count as a win? Oh, that's another argument, isn't it? Crikey. Uh, no, we're here to talk about the upcoming game in League One on Saturday against Nigel... Well, no, it was Nigel Clough's Burton Albion. Of course, it's no longer Nigel Clough uh, in charge at the club. Um, I believe it's Jake Buxton. And here to tell us all is Edward Walker. How are you doing, Ed? Are you Okay. I'm not too bad. Thanks for bringing up the Nigel Cross no longer with us. It's great that he's moved on and gone elsewhere. And I love the fact he's at Mansfield and going to do great with them. But, you know, that's another story. But I hope you're right, lads. Yeah, good stuff. I, I'm sorry. I literally had it there in front of me and I, I saw Nigel Clough and it instantly went. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, Albion, to be fair, but... he is synonymous with that club and always will be. But he's moved on. The second spell's over and it's something new. That's it. I mean, look, at the end of the day, the one thing that I will say about it is that he left because, well, as far as I was aware, he left in order to keep the club going. He kind of went, well, rather than you pay me and therefore not be able to pay other people, I'll leave and won't take a severance package or anything like that. I'll leave and, and the football club will still exist. So in a way, I mean, you've got to give him all the plaudits in the world for that. Oh, he will go to the plaudits. He's the greatest manager this club has had and will be for a very, very long time. And his legacy is not going to be tarnished by moving on and 
I just think it's going to be because there will be an occasion surely when he comes up against us, presumably with Mansfield, and that's going to be an interesting occasion to see him in another dugout, which is going to take some getting used to. But you can't live for something forever, can you? You have to move on. That's right. Yeah, you definitely do. So move on. You did. Jake Boxton stepped up and stepped in as player manager, and it has been a difficult start to the season for Albion. What What's the overall view of how he's done so far? Well, naturally, when he comes in, you want things to work. Um, we've been a good place, the manager, to start out the careers. Gary Rowett started out here. He's doing great in the championship. Um, Nigel Kloss started out here more than 20 years ago. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank had one of his first jobs here when he moved into England from Belgium. There was a first job as well for Pesky Soldo, which was the only one of those that really didn't work out. So when Buxton came in, you were hoping this was kind of the start of an era. The problem is he's just not winning games. And that has really turned the mindset of the fans from, is this the right man for the job now? And it's a difficult job for a rookie manager anyway, considering the size of the club and the division they're in. Burton are one of the smallest clubs in League One. Yes, we have got championship history, but that was a luxury, those two seasons in the championship to have those. And you realise now being in League One and you still get the sense, compared to Portsmouth and Sunderland's and Ipswiches, we are nowhere near that level. And it is showing this season, regrettably. Yeah. I was looking through... So, yeah, I was looking through the forum earlier, actually, in that the, obviously you've not had a good start to the season and the usual chatter about the managers coming up. Um, and actually, it's quite a mixed view in terms of some are saying, you know, get rid of him now. But there's a lot actually saying, you know, we need some stability again. And if he takes us down to the National League, then so be it. It seems to be, like you were saying, it's you still feel like a little bit of a small fish in League One, probably on a similar level to us, I guess. Um, but like, does that history of only recently fairly fairly recently coming up through the divisions again, does that kind of sort of tamper your expectations a little bit? Or do you ideally just want to hang around in League One and have another shot at it? Well, I think under Clough, the plan was long-term to aim to try and get back into the Championship. And him departing with all the COVID issues has really set us back several years. And now we look like we're trying to keep ourselves in the fourth tier. And I can't see why any fan would really want us to drop back into the National League. You know, I know we haven't had a rich EFL history as compared to other clubs, but I don't want to see Burton fall out of the Football League, certainly. I don't really want to see him fall into League 2, but the way things are going at the moment. But no... um, it's quite a mixed opinion on him. And the problem, the real problem is that he just can't win games. Our last league win was against Accrington on the second game of the week of the season. And that's how long it's been since the league game. And there's been a couple of draws in there, which are okay. But we need to start winning games or we're going to stay in the bottom four because, yeah. Has, um, has, has Buxton tried to make any changes, stamp his authority on the team? Or is he basically just taken over from, from Nigel Clough and said no, that was working and we'll, we'll keep trying to go that way. In the early games, it started a lot like it. We were playing a sort of 4-3-3 system, trying to make use of the energy we have in the midfield, trying to get, looking to get the wingers running at the fullbacks. And ever since we kind of dropped into the relegation zone, that style has really vanished. We've started to go a lot more direct, which doesn't really work when you're playing with a lone man up top and no one really finds close support. And it's that sense that, we're not really creating enough in games. We feel like a very uncreative side that leaks goals. And that is all the ingredients of a team that's going to be relegation this season. Sounds fairly familiar, doesn't it, Danny? <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, though, isn't it? I mean, I, I do wonder how much this season is going to be about, 
you mentioned you know being a, 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 a sm- one of the small clubs in in the division and that's not meant as any disrespect whatsoever I'd, I'd put us in exactly the same bracket um I wonder how much size of budget club you know that kind of way of looking at things is actually going to be you know a deciding factor for this season with the way that you know the world has been for the, for the last sort of nine months or so. I mean, are you worried that maybe this kind of season is just going to be so unrealistic? You're not going to see a Wickham Wanderers this year. You're not going to see that kind of underdog managing to step up and and make it big. Well, if you look at the League One table, you do have Lincoln Curry up there with the likes of Charlton, Ipswich, Hull, Peterborough. You wouldn't really consider Lincoln to be one of the financial juggernauts of the division, so to speak, but they're doing fantastic because of the way they're set with their manager. But in terms of Burton, I do feel we've been severely impacted by COVID because of the finances we have. We've had to sign a lot of players on new wage-cut deals. People that have come in have been on wage-cut deals. And it's because of the lack of matchday income, like a lot of clubs, and that's really severely affecting, I'm sure, not just Burton in that division. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you mentioned um, that no win since September the 19th, Accrington. Um, but you have had a couple of more encouraging results, like the two-all draw at Peterborough. Um, has there been any signs that you've seen that you can drag yourself out of this relegation fight? Well, I think the main one is if you look at the goals scored column, we're the one of the highest scorers in the bottom half. It's like the highest scorers in the bottom four at the moment, which is an encouraging sign that we can. I think back to that Peterborough game where both of the goals Burton scored against the teams because Peterborough were really nice moves, really instinctive, and particularly from our, our number nine this season, Kane Hemmings, who came in with a bit of criticism about him because our previous leading stock marksman was Liam Boyce, who last season was one of the division's best strikers, moved to Hearts in January, and you noticed the drop-off. And Kane Hemmings was never really going to replace what Liam Boyce was doing, but He's a, special, he's a good goal scorer in his own ways. He's a very instinctive striker, likes to get onto the end of rebounded shots or look to get him behind or try and hold up the ball as best he can. And he's on five now, I believe, this season. And if he can hit double figures, I think he's done the job that's been needed mm. to him this season, certainly. I was looking at um, his stats, actually. He has scored wherever he's gone, hasn't he? He's, he's got a really consistent. He is, he is a pretty prolific striker for a lower league club. So. Yeah. I think if you're in this kind of situation in the relegation zone, this, that's exactly what you need up front. You, you need to rely on someone who's going to put the ball in the back of the net. I don't think we've got that at the moment. Um, and a look around some of the other teams, they've probably not got, not got that either. But to have someone like that who you know if you put a chance to play, he's going to put it away, that must be pretty encouraging in terms of a way out of this at the moment. Well, it can be encouraging, but um, he's probably not going to play this weekend because he was out with an injury in the build-up to last Saturday. So that's some good news for you. Yeah, it's probably going to be. Well, I think we'll get onto it. It's probably going to be Niall Ennis instead. The Wolverhampton Wanderers only who could be okay, but we'll have to see. Yeah, it's um. Does Aikens play at the moment as well? I know there's a bit a mixed uh, feelings about him as well. This is the problem. Um, I don't know how aware you guys of what happened last week. We went to Hull with twelve people yeah. unavailable because of COVID precautions. We had six people who tested positive. Six more were self isolating. And the ESL basically said, you're still playing, which none of us got because I've seen, I've definitely seen games called off for having two or three players unavailable. I mean, you can call a game off if you've got three people away on international duty, but you can't call it off if you've got 12 people missing because of COVID restrictions, which is just what no one got. And we went into the whole game with a lineup that was 
actually a lot better than people were anticipating before it came out, but it was still certainly much weaker than it was, and Hull got the win rather unsurprisingly. No one's that surprised that Hull got the win. And we look at this game this weekend and kind of feel the same thing, especially against you lot, with, which I think we'd fair to say is an important game for both sides. Should this one really go ahead when Burton are going to have significant numbers and Lucas Aikens will be one of those people who isn't available because he wasn't last Saturday? It's just ridiculous, isn't it? it is. The way that the season's going and, and, you know, I mean, we've been quite lucky so far. Um, we've not had a single, uh, well, that we know of or that we've been told about. We've not had a single player made unavailable uh, due to COVID precautions or, or anything like that. I mean, you've only really got to turn around and look at, say, Crew, who finally, finely managed to yep. play Oxford <laughs> on Tuesday night after, what, about three Three oh, postponements. It was the third attempt to do it. Yeah. Ah, I mean, it, it's just—it's it, madness, really. And it, you've got to question realistically: Are you going to be able to finish the season? Now, obviously, hopefully, there's a vaccine on the way, and and all of this and the other. Um, but I mean, if that had kept on going, and and the fact is, is that with clubs like yourself, you've got loads of players unavailable. That that's really harming you uh, as a as a club as a team in the league, I mean, if you went down because you spent the whole season with only being able to to field, uh, you know, half of your senior squad, and yet another club, uh, let's just say Sunderland because they're big, never, you know, never have an issue because, I don't know, maybe they've got more money so that therefore that they've got all that, that, that spend to basically give to have testing regularly and to maybe, I don't know, put, better precautions in place for their players and their staff. I mean, it, it just wouldn't feel fair, I don't think. I mean, Sunderland fans won't really mind, I don't suppose. You concentrate on your own. But you you come down to clubs that, that are struggling and are having issues with it. It's It, it almost feels like you're in a no-win situation. Yeah, there was always the worry that the present COVID situation was going to have a negative impact on the season. Unfortunately, it has. I don't. I'm not entirely sure it will completely come to a stop. I think they'll work a way around that. But there mm. certainly needs to be a better understanding of what exactly is the protocol to get a game called off. Because I don't understand why, for instance, Oxford crew got called off because a few, I think it was a few crew players who got tested positive in the build-up. And Burton had a significantly higher number and were told to keep playing. And the reason they were told to keep playing is because they played on the Tuesday night beforehand in the... Papa John's Trophy against the Fulham young team and everyone in that game tested negative so they were able to play. The problem was that lineup was youngsters and we had to recall youngsters back from loans in non-league to make up enough mums to go to that squad the whole. So it's just, it's not level playing grounds with COVID present at the minute. No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, it just makes you you sort of fear, doesn't it? I mean, do you therefore go into this game just kind of resigned almost? Not necessarily resigned to defeat, but resigned to the fact that you're not at full strength. So therefore, you know, anything is basically going to be, uh, not a miracle, but, you know, anything is going to be massively positive that you maybe gain out of it. Potentially, yeah. But like I said with the whole game, we it was a weekend 11 not too bad in defence, certainly weakened up front. They did actually give a decent game to Holt at the start. There was fantastic energy from our midfield three who were superb on the night. And the only reason the game really switched is because one of our centre-halves, Sam Hughes, is on loan from Leicester City, got sent off for a couple of questionable yellows in the first half. And that really gave 
the momentum to hold. They could control the ball with 11 players against 10. And it left our striker basically having to play alone up top with direct balls. And he just wasn't able to deal with that. And I I do kind of wonder if it had been 11 v 11, whether it would have finished 2-0 to hold. Potentially, that's a different story. And I kind of feel there are some players in that 11 who are going to be incredibly motivated for this game. I'm pretty sure John Joe Tall, as we'll get on to, no doubt, is going to be one of them in particular. But there's a chance it could be a competitive game, but I still... You have to look at it without being Lucas Aikens, who has been one of the most consistent and brilliant players in this club for the last seven years. It's not the same. And when Lucas Aikens is not on the pitch, we are a completely different team and not in a good way. Well, you mentioned him, so we might as well go straight <laughs> on to it. <laughs> John Joe is there. Um, the, the surprising thing, actually, that for every Cobblers fan, I think, was that when he first signed for you, well, maybe not went straight away, but... He's playing in your defence, yeah. or at least he was doing last season, which is obviously completely different. He never played in defence for the Cobblers at any point. I don't think that he'd ever played in defence for Bristol Rovers when he was there. He was always a front foot player in the midfield. Uh, scored goals, plenty of them for us in our League 2 Championship season. Um, and continued to do so in League 1 the following season as well. So what do you think... the, the you know, the change. Where did that come from? Oh, John Joe. There's a story that I've got, <laughs> I've got for age about John Joe. Um, he signed summer 2019. Now, I love John Joe. I remember, particularly when he was at Bristol Rovers, he would always have a great game against Burton and normally score. And he was great to Northampton as well. I loved him there. And I kind of thought, this is a really powerful addition to our midfield unit, which is something we didn't have at the time. And I was quite in favour of it. And then you hear in his early press conferences, before pre-season starts, he's going to put him at centre-back which kind of makes you raise an eyebrow anyway. But when you think about it, he is an absolute unit. There's no doubt in that what at all. Fantastic on the ball as well. He could be a composed centre-back. And early into last season, he looked great there. He was partnered alongside um, Richard Narty, who was a player we had on loan from Chelsea. And the two of them were brilliant. John Joe Tall would compete with anyone in the air. He was able to do that. Richard Narty was a more athletic centre-back, so he'd either be able to step out the back line or drop behind him to pick up the second ball. The two of them work really well and it worked out great. And then the problem is, as the season went on, you get the problem with John Joe, which you guys will no doubt know. When he fully commits to a challenge, he fully commits. <laughs> There's no leeway with him. He either goes straight through you or he doesn't go near you at all. And that got him in a lot of trouble. I remember a game we had at home to South End where it was a ball over the top. I think it's Stephen Humphreys he was up against. And he just dragged Humphreys to the floor because he knew it was getting past him and he got sent off. And you start to see that problem and it's just continued into this season. He has become, unfortunately, the liability in this team. He's always that person who you're never fully convinced is going to go through a game without making mistakes. He always looks capable of either dragging someone to the floor through frustration or going through someone through frustration. And I can just picture in my head right now, 70th old minute, he's going to drag Sam Hoskins to the floor in the box. <laughs> I can see this coming because he, there's a good chance he's going to play, especially since Sam Hughes is now suspended. He'll probably play in the fence and you know he's going to be so motivated to get one over Northampton. And that will probably mean him going over the edge and probably pulling Hoskins <laughs> to the floor and that end up being the only goal of the game. So yeah, John Joe's not a popular player at the minute. He's just become a liability, which is a shame because I actually really like him as a player. It's funny you say that. Um, <laughs> and Charles is probably, Charles probably on the, just about the edge of saying the same thing. But <laughs> we had who was it against? Was it Mansfield away? It was Mansfield. Um, John Joe O'Toole. All the fans had made it John Joe O'Toole day, so we'd all gone there in our like John Joe O'Toole wigs and all, all yeah. making a big deal of it. 
how many minutes did he last before getting sent off? About what, what, was it? seven, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> sent off <laughs> within about seven or eight minutes. <laughs> that was that. So, um, so I can uh, see where you're coming from with that, and uh, I'm hoping you're right. Uh, he would want to give Sam Hoskins a couple as well, by the way. And I'm sure. So, yeah, definitely. Want to say hello? Yeah, he? yeah, in his own special way. <laughs> I, I think there's a good chance of him starting on Saturday, which will be great news to you lot because you get to see him again, and also great news to you lot because he's probably going to give you a goal. Because no one's very confident with John Joe at all. I mean, there was even a point a couple of weeks ago where Jake Buxton publicly came out and said, I'm fed up of him making mistakes. So he knows, he knows that he's a liability. But the problem is, we have I don't think we've really got all an alternative in centre-back. So we may have to use him because of other people being out through injury, suspension or COVID. Which, mm, I'll see how that goes. <laughs> is, he, is he just not going to ever play in midfield again, Midfield unit, surely if you're worried about him being a defender, then just, just stick him in midfield. The problem is the midfield unit is our best part of our team and it's full of a lot of quality. And John Joe, with the ultimate respect to him, is not the same level as him. He's not he's not what he once was. If he, we have our box-to-box late runner into the box now, Ryan Edwards, who's been doing that consistently for the last season and a half. So he just wouldn't get into that midfield. That's the best part of our team. Mm-hmm. So he has to go and send it back and... He is a composed player on the ball. He can be part of a passing team, but we're not a passing team at the minute, so there's not much point. He just lumps it up field. Blimey, are we talking about Burton or are we talking about the Cobblers? <laughs> because, I mean, this is sounding like an exciting game. Coming, <laughs> I, I can't wait to you know, watch I just, this tennis match. Sorry, back, I mean, football I just think back to the, guy, the game you guys had against us in January, the FA Cup game, and how you absolutely mm. tore us to shreds. And I still think that's one of the best displays I've seen from a side coming to the Pirelli in the last three or four years just because everything you did perfectly countered the way we were set up. And I just think back to that game, if I have to see Ryan Watson run into that penalty box again, <laughs> I may cry because I'm fed of him doing yeah, it. I, we I might as well, to be honest. I can't bear the thought of it. I mean, it was one of the things on our Slack, wasn't it, for our patrons? Uh, somebody said, oh, shall we just watch the highlights of that FA Cup game instead of actually game. watching the real game? Brilliant. That was a great It, game. it was. And I think the, the the bit for me and the sad bit for me is that that squad has just, yeah. well, we're not the same. Uh, and that's the problem. I said I don't want to watch that because I don't want to be reminded of having a, a good Turnbull and Wharton back three that, that can actually defend. Was it Arnold and goal or was it Cornell and goal? I can't remember. Somebody. That day was, it was Cornell, Cornell, I think. Yeah, Cornell. Cornell. Yeah. yeah. Great back throw and keeper, that. Great back throw and keeper. Absolutely. If if we still had them now, who knows? Mm. We wouldn't be necessarily talking the same way we are. But hey ho, there we are. Another former Cobblers player that's in the Burton Albion squad is uh, our former Lowy Loney Joe Powell. How's he been doing for you? Oh. <laughs> uh, this is a sad one. Um, Joe signed in January from West Ham, two and a half year deal, and there was a sense that there was a lot of promise with him. We had Scott Fraser last year, is now MK Don's one division's best midfielders, but I think there was a falling out between him and Clough in January because Scott Fraser didn't get a move, and if you fall out with a Clough, there's only one winner. There's a basic way to put that. So Fraser was being kept out the side, and Joe Powell was taking his spot in the team in that kind of left-sided midfield attack-minded midfield role, and he looked exactly like him. Left-footed player, loves to get on the half turn, wants to try and break through lines, goal-scoring ability as well as assist ability as well. He looked like the future of Scott Fraser in that position. So when Scott Fraser left the club, I wasn't that bothered because I felt Joe Powell could take that role for him. And it started out okay. But since we dropped into the relegation zone, Buxton has gone for energy over technique in that midfield. So Joe Powell just doesn't get used. 
which is really frustrating because I see him as a really important player, could have a really big future at this club, and he just doesn't want to use him. You want to keep him on the bench, which is incredibly frustrating because he's a fantastic player. I always saw him in League Two and thought, actually, he's probably more suited to being in League One just because of his technical ability. Mm-hmm. He, he probably for a scrap in League Two like he was when he was alone with us. I thought it might have been a bit out of his comfort zone, but I thought if you stick him in League One, there's no, there's no reason why he can't be a great player. Um, but it, it sounded very much like you're playing a lot like us at the moment. Um, yeah, unfortunately it is. So what, so that could what, be quite an interesting battle. If it's, if it's us against you, Lon, you've got Harry Smith up top. There's only one winner there. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> let's, let's just leave it at that. Well, well look, Ed, we, we finish off every single podcast by getting some predictions. I mean, just before I ask for those uh, from, from well, from all of us, what, what's your actual opinion of, of Northampton Town? You mentioned, you know, the, the FA Cup game last year. Um, obviously, we've not played each other in the league for a few seasons mm-hmm. because you've been off having a nice party um, <laughs> while we've been stuck in League Two. Um, so what, what's your take on Northampton Town? I've got a soft spot to Northampton. Um, I had a job last year where I was covering League Two and I had half of the teams in League Two and Northampton one of them. So I got very familiar with your squad and how you played and I absolutely loved your side, particularly around the turn of the year. When that back line of good Turnbull and Wharton looked absolutely unstoppable, the whole spine through the team was fantastic with Lyons and Watson in midfield, Adams and Hoskins putting the balls in from the sides, Callum Morton and Vidane Oliver up top, just a brilliant front line. This is probably upsetting you saying this, isn't it? I had a watch of you against the, um, the Oxford City game. I said about that in the bear. I had a watch of that. And mm-hmm. I thought, that back line now, it's such a shame seeing that three now gone and Cornell gone and you're left with I don't mind Kian Bolger Fraser Horstall is one that really surprises me because he was okay the Macclesfield last year but I'm a bit surprised to see him at League 1 I would have thought another League 2 so I would have picked him up first and then I think you're playing Joe Martin as the other centre-back on that occasion mm-hmm. which he's, he's not he's a left-back isn't he but the system doesn't really call for a left-back so it's a difficult one with that and you know there's a lot of players I love I think Chuck Woomaker bright future I really like the guy Harry Smith, we know what he's about. Joseph Mills, I thought, was a fantastic signing when he came in. He's brilliant. Forrest Green. Do love Danny Rose as a signing as well. And obviously, you guys have got, um, what's his name? Ricky Holmes back, isn't he? See, happy with that as mm-hmm. well. I feel like it was always going to be difficult to Northampton after losing that back line. But you're picking up wins against the teams in the bottom four, which is an encouraging sign that you're probably going to do enough yeah. to keep yourself out that bottom four. And if you get one against Burton, on Saturday, that's going to help you even more with Matt. So, no, it's it's a shame to see Northampton not have the defence they did last season. But I feel like there's still the possibility you can keep yourselves out of trouble. Certainly. Well, that's that's good to hear. I think from from somebody that isn't as close to it as us, it's very easy. You'll you'll know it about Burton, obviously, Ed. But you know, when you're that close to it, it's very hard to see past. Uh, you know, whether it is all doom and gloom or whether oh, it's all mean. sunshine mean, and yeah. light, yeah. you know, both extremes. You, you can't, as a fan, really go just in the middle and see, I suppose, what what is reality. Um, so, look, let's get some predictions. We'll we'll start with, with you, Danny. What's your prediction for Saturday? How's it going to go? Uh, I think there's goals in it for sure. <laughs> We're both, <laughs> both leaky. Um I mean, Burton have conceded 23 and we've conceded 21. Um, Burton can score goals as well. 
we potentially can score goals, maybe. So I'm going for high score draw, I think 2 2. Is that high? Mm. Yes, go. That's not really high. Not no, really. I'd say oh, that's 3 all then. 3 3. 3 3. 3 3. So a classic. 3 3. Through a 3 3. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> At least you can hide behind the sofa and you're not having to <laughs> yeah. be there, Ed. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go for uh, I, I'm going to go for nil nil. I know that's so negative, but we I, I don't know. The, the thing for me is that Curl has to now really really look at the defence. You know, we we have conceded far too many goals this season, and we're not good enough in attack. I mean, what one shot on target, maybe on in our last game. Uh, that's all we seem to be getting at the moment is one shot. And I think Curl will be focusing on defence. And, you know, if you don't concede, you can't lose, can you, kind of mentality. So I'll, I'll go nil-nil. Um, Ed, what are we going with? I'll tell you what, I'd love a nil-nil. We haven't had a clean sheet in any competition yet this season, so I wouldn't be against a nil-nil at all. But I reckon I see similarities to a game we had against Shrewsbury a few weeks ago where it was an important one for both sides. And I ended up 1-1, and I reckon it will again. And like I said before, I reckon your goal is coming from John Joe dragging down Hoskins in the box. <laughs> I, I can just see that happening. I can just see John Joe doing something. I think I think there's a good chance he'll play and he'll be incredibly motivated and that could be a blessing in disguise or it could be a disaster. But we'll have to see with that. I'm going to go 1-1, which I probably helps you a lot more than helps Burton because Burton's wonders run still goes on. But I think it'll keep you just above the drop zone, I think, the point. Great. Thank you very much, Ed. That's brilliant. It's been brilliant having you here. Um, hopefully, we'll have you on again later in the season when the roles are reversed and we're, we're coming to you. It should be a really, really good game on Saturday. I hope. Please be a good game. Thank you very much, Danny, as well. Uh, it's great to speak to you. Um, don't forget, guys, if you want to join our brand new Slack channel, then all you need to do is sign up to our Patreon account for as little as £2 a month. Uh, some great conversations and, and, and laughs going on in there at the moment um come join in the fun it's brilliant we'll be back on tuesday with our normal weekly show where we will look back at the game against burton hopefully we'll be looking back at that thrill thriller that danny's just predicted can't see it myself but who knows up the cobblers hopefully we'll get a win and that will make everybody happy again that's what we watch football for isn't it being happy thanks very much for listening we'll see you next time Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.